unlike Faye Resnick, I am not morally corrupt, but I am flexible. <laughs> tonight, tonight only, I'm cosplaying the cost of a Birkin, because baby, I'm irresponsibly high. <laughs> oh my God. What was that? I am so into it. I don't explain my jokes. You either get it or you don't. <laughs> okay, you guys, this is going to be a wild, chaotic ride. I can sure tell is. you right now. It's Andy's Girls. It's episode 480 something ish. And I'm so That's excited. So many. I know. Can you believe? Good Lord. I know. I was saying that to a, a guest on an upcoming app that, like, it's it's wild the number of taglines that I'm I have done. I'm working on one. You're working on one. I'm working on. Wow. Honestly, just, just getting through the day. Yeah. Kudos to me. I don't have any ideas for 500. I have one idea for the episode for the 500th episode, but I know it's not going to happen. Oh. So I have two ideas for dream the 500th. Dream big, baby. Dream big. I dream. I I'm dreaming big, and I I know in my big dream that neither will become a reality. But like anything is possible. Knock on Clawfist's table. But 400 was like very fun because that was. Chris Manzo guested and he oh. had no idea why he was there. Oh, that's great. And to just say to him at the beginning of the recording, like, don't be afraid of me, yeah. but I look at you. Lean into this. Lean into this. I look at you the way Rosie O'Donnell looks at Tom Cruise, mm. except the way Garfield looks slightly at different. <laughs> my favorite. <laughs> Because yeah, I, my my child is so into that right now. I also am extremely into lasagna and like not doing no, anything isn't. as much as possible. So yeah. I think I am Garfield. And napping. Except I'm not a cat person. I'm well. You, but, but he's you, more of a dog. But you can honestly. Like, be a cat. Like like persona wise, I'm, I'm a cat. My old roommate, may her memory be a blessing. She is still with us, but she doesn't live in the apartment anymore. Um, calls me an indoor cat because I yeah. don't like to go outside. Mm. I well, like to just kind of like I think snuggle I'm up. Indoor, outdoor. I'll go outside, kill something, come back in, take a nap. Yeah, but I won't. I'm not like leash friendly. Just no. Like, let me go scamper. Uh -uh. If and I'm don't going pick out, me up. don't pick me up. No. And don't do See? what I <laughs> You guys, you can tell the energy in the room is thriving. It's Andy's Girls. Again, it's episode whatever. Leave me alone. And I'm so excited for a guest who I typically Zoom with, except when we share a hotel suite at BravoCon. Yes. She's here in New York. I'm making her record on literally no notice because she is an angel. And we have both seen Dinner Party from Hell part trois. And there is so much for us to discuss. So welcome back to Andy's Girls, content creator whose mission statement is as beautiful as one can be if SportsCenter and Dateline made a Bravo baby, they would make this gal, are you going into my desk right this now? Those are out. receipts. This I made I didn't know how much it is and what it's for. Zara. It's an, an, Two of them. It's a, a total return. <laughs> it's a total, total, 100% return. I also returned some stuff from BravoCon that I didn't wear, obviously, because obviously. unlike other stores, Zara unfortunately doesn't let you return that stuff. But no. um, Bravo, Bravo, Ducking Bravo, BBDV. Welcome back to Andy's Girls. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here in the Clawfist. I mean, the last time you were here recording was, I believe... It was 2 a.m. It was 2 a.m. I don't know what I was here for and what we were doing. It was to watch the finale or first part of the reunion of Scandaval, of, of Vanderpump Rules. You were as high as I have ever seen you. Yeah. And then we recorded, I think it was, in fact, at 2 a.m. And then I like... It, that was too late for me. It was a little bit late. This is a nighttime recording. Mm -hmm. I feel like it's 2 a.m. It's actually only midnight. That's so this is my this prime. Is, 
<laughs> it peaks here. <laughs> it really. So listen, so you're in New York City, just like living your best life. Yeah. Have you had a chance to go to any housewife slash Bravo institutions? And if not, are there any on your New York City bucket list for a future trip? No, you know, that's one of those things like if I'm walking by something and I happen to see um, like Sonia's townhouse or whatever, the great, but I'm not going to go out of my way. Yeah. You know? I, I don't know that I've ever sought out Sonia's townhouse and we are both on the but upper you, side. And you live here. I know there's no excuse for it. Also, I walk by the Regency. I need to get back to my walks, but I have a fucking back situation. But I walk by the Regency almost every day because so, yeah. I usually take park. Um, I usually like split between Park and Madison because those are the cheeriest when it comes to like holiday, but also not having to talk to people. Yeah, that's um, nice. Avenues in which to walk downtown. Mm -hmm. So yeah, so no, my my trips here are not focused on um on the Real Housewives, but your heart and soul continues to be. I mean, it's a foundation that's always there. Amen. And speaking of foundations, we um, explored the very foundation of our capacity to withstand stress and lack of sleep, but also pure unadulterated joy yeah. by sharing a two bedroom suite because you are an icon, frankly, um, and a giver. What a giver, um, giver. at BravoCon. Um, you subsidized my budget and I am so thankful for it because in addition to the AG support, the literal only reason I was able to afford that bedroom and yada yada is because of this gal over here. Um, what are your thoughts on BravoCon 2023? And remind me, have you been every year? So you didn't I, go to the first year. I didn't you didn't go, go to the 2019 because I didn't know anybody. Year. I didn't have an account yet. I didn't know anybody. Got and that it. was kind of why I started an account was because mm. I remember BravoCon happened and then in, in rapid succession, um, Countess Luann was going on her tour and I saw an ad for it. And for I the said, tour. Yeah, for her, like the original one. Like yeah, yeah. The first time she ever went out. And I was like, right. oh my God, how fun would that be? I turned to my husband. I said, oh. I said, oh, wouldn't that be so fun to go? He's, he turned to me. He said, without any, you know, not even joking. He was just like, who do you know that likes Bravo as much as you? And it just like resonated. Millions of people. It, no, but I didn't know anybody oh. who liked it as much as me. Oh. I'd have to downplay it at work. I'd be like, so, uh. So uh, anybody, anybody watch like Real Housewives last night or and they'd be like, hmm, I watched that time or somebody be like, oh, but I only watch this city or I only watch that city. I'm like, man, I don't know anybody who's just into all of it, just all to the eyeballs, you yeah. know. And so I was like, I got to start an account. I, I can't go on this way. And it's been great. And so your thoughts on 2023. Um, how did it measure up? It's getting more corporate. That's that's for sure. You know what I mean? It's getting bigger. It's getting bigger. So, I mean, from you, I've heard that the one in 2019 was like a magical unicorn. Because we didn't know experience. Yeah. And it was so intimate and so whatever. Yeah. You know, and this one, it was like, be sure to drink your Ovaltine. <laughs> Sponsored by State Farm. I was like, I get it, Carnival. <laughs> also, you kicked off a woman last week who did a gummy. So you don't oh, want this. God. You don't want this. Um, so <laughs> when it came to the panels, the content, how did things kind of measure up for you? Um, no, it was good. I, I just physically and mentally, I don't know that I'm meant to do three solid days of that. It's so long. It's so much. It's yeah. really like you're in a marathon. You're in a zone, definitely. Like physically mm -hmm. demanding. Mm -hmm. And um, you know, the people, the people at home probably actually get to see more content across the accounts all streaming and sharing. Yeah. Because I don't know what's happening in the other rooms. I had to make a choice. I had to be in one room. And then I've got to truck it to another panel. I don't know what's going. If somebody's heels got stuck in the escalator, I'll hear I'll hear about it like six hours later. 
I got to keep going, babe. I wasn't in that escalator area. Not I once. never even knew it existed. I honestly don't think I knew it existed. I knew that there that like Darren was doing um, panels and I wanted to see her and support. But I didn't know what area of the building that was in. And I was so focused on like hitting the housewives yeah. show panels it was back to back. I'm really I am relatively inflexible when it comes to choosing between a housewives panel and not watching that housewives panel. Mm -hmm. And I don't know that I regret that. But I was thinking in my head at certain points like I was late to the Potomac panel which was the, is the most upsetting memory probably of BravoCon because I had that bag that went missing and it had all my like <gasps> yes. dietary restriction neuro stuff in it and I was very nervous that I was going to have a neuro episode without sodium so like without my sodium packets and everything else so I was like a solid I want to say like 15 or 20 minutes late to Potomac which is heartbreaking yeah. like that's when you know you're dealing with like was that the whatever. one where we tried to get up there people were saving seats we couldn't even find a seat and we had to go sit in the backpack was that that one no I think that was a different okay I can't remember which one that was yeah um but um, I thought to myself, well, it's okay that you're late and you heard that like it was fireworks right from the jump with like uh, Robin and Karen mm -hmm. and you missed some of those deep, 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 deep cut moments because Peacock announced that they're going to put the panels on Peacock or like select number yeah. of panels. And I know that there have been edits because I've heard from people who watch some of my lives or watch my videos on Instagram where like too. this wasn't included, this wasn't included, but um, Potomac's not there. Can you believe? Which was Somebody... the number one panel by many, many people over the course probably of the weekend. Why, though. That's probably why. Somebody had to have live streamed it, though. One of the accounts had to have been but there. But that's not the same thing as high quality video. I know. I mean, if you're going to tell me that select panels are going to be on Peacock, you got to put Potomac on it. Maybe you gotta they're put just holding it in it. their back pocket for something and they're going to release it later. Maybe. I don't even know if the Ask Andes are there. I honestly was very focused on Potomac. I would love it if that Jeff Lewis. That was the that best was one. Great. That out was great. Out of the whole shebang. That was your favorite, your number one panel? Yeah. Because I love Jeff Lewis. Mm, God bless. We're <sighs> chumps. We're chumps. I, you know what? He's, yeah, I just like him. I can't help it. There's something about his ability to self-destruct that's like, almost endear that is endearing and there are moments where he crosses lines where I get almost frazzled because I'm like I can't believe you're doing this thing it is so inappropriate it's mm. hurtful you're boundary crossing you're like alienating this person from themselves totally. you have a huge platform it's a completely unequal power structure I and don't also, always love all of his choices but, right, like but he's overall, a superstar but he's overall a superstar. that man delivers he really he's does. a showman I honestly he brings it every time he is a showman he he's said you traveled here here you go yeah he's the greatest showman yeah and I have been known to listen to his show and then when they put out the video later on that day I watch it so I will listen to the he's same entertaining as hell every cell in he his body fucking is he's just like just a cell of his would just jump around on a petri dish but you know what he said after BravoCon several times over the course of many episodes was that um, Bravo or Bravo PR was really upset at him. And that backstage, sure they, they said something along the lines of like, you, you like fucked up. You fucked up this opportunity. You like you mess this up. You like, do you think that that is possible for someone to. He's Jeff Lewis. That's the thing. Don't you know that he's going to make fun of Put your it on a t-shirt. And... Put that on a t-shirt and wear it, Jeff. That's who he is. Isn't that the thing? Do you think that they were really upset? I don't know. They're going through something right now. Bravo? Yeah. They got to deal with all that crap that happened right before BravoCon, you know? I mean, Ramona. N well, that. Being I totally racist. forgot about that. I blocked that out already. What are you talking about? I was talking about like the reality reckoning article and people talking about. And, and I think everybody was, you know, really 
kind of just keeping that in the forefront of like, don't push it. Don't don't make people feel uncomfortable at BravoCon because that just happened. Well, speaking of the reality reckoning, did you read that article in The Cut that came out yesterday? What was it? No, I was you traveling. You are going to lose. Tell me right now. Your mind. Give me the gist. I don't want to go read. I want you to tell me. A New York Magazine writer interviewed Bethany Frankel. Okay. It was supposed to be about her um, empire or yonder at TikTok. Okay. But it was perhaps unsurprisingly about the reality reckoning. And um, while the writer had been told she wouldn't talk about Andy, guess who came up in conversation accidentally or whatever? It is the truest profile of Bethany that I have seen written to date. It oh my is. My God, I'm sweating. I want to read it. It is. So deeply enjoyable and funny. And it's not just like a drag of her. It, it like it's it, just like it cuts. It cuts it to cut, the, it's it honest. Good, it's honest. Yeah. It cuts. I did, in fact, for Patreon, because I read it and I was like talking to friend of the pod, Dylan Hafer, and I was like, I really want to do something f- about this on Patreon because it's this is like such You should read it. You should read it and talk so about I it. So I did a full live reading on the AG oh. Patreon, went up yesterday, where I did like dramatic reading and then I unpacked it. Because, spoiler alert, there's a big, big part of that article named Cottage Cheese. And I had some Hmm. real thoughts on Bethany Frankel saying that she's essentially the ambassador and almost creator of Cottage Cheese. Okay, I can't. And that Cottage, big cheese, big Cottage Cheese, the lobbyists in D.C. essentially owe her for her work in the cottage cheese industry. Now, that is me taking it to like a little bit of a, again, this is a lively conversation for Patreon, but like, is she talking about the trend like on TikTok or whatever of people like being like, do you want more protein in your diet? Throw cottage cheese in your milkshake. So she does talk about girl dinner because she films the eating of a baked potato with the New York Magazine writer. If she tries to claim girl dinner. She's not claiming girl dinner, but she does say that people call her Erin Brockovich. That's how the the, the That's article not begins. That's necessarily a good thing. She can't. Well, she can't also name anybody who said that. But she also says that people stop her on the street to talk about her influence with cottage cheese, and then seemingly to prove her point. That is, ra- that is so random. I would never is, in a million right? years be like oh, Bethany. Oh my god. Can we talk about cottage cheese? I mean, I guess anything the is possible. Cheese is it even a protein? Because don't they remove? Yeah, it's, it's super high protein. Yes. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. whatever. She she makes Jeez. for the purposes of filming a TikTok in front of the writer and also feeding the writer a baked potato with a small amount of butter, um, caviar, and cottage cheese. So they done Beverly Hills, Kathy Hilton, and no, and Kathy Kyle. Hilton had sour cream because Kathy Hilton is an American. Look, either one of those would kill me. I can't have dairy. So whether it's sour cream or cottage cheese, pick your poison. I did have um, dairy two nights ago, and it was one what of are you the doing? toughest nights. <laughs> you deserve what you got. I really... What did you eat, and was it good? Was it worth it? So Meta sent pizzas. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I had the threads. For threads. Yes. And shout out to Meta and threads, because it was so delicious. You're so sweet. Okay. And I was we'll high about, on yeah. pizza, and I was like Instagramming and threading, and I was just like... <laughs> so I did a... Glu- I, I intended... I chose the dairy. I could have had vegan, and I said, give me gluten-free if you have it. If not, I'm going to try the gluten, but give me cheese. Golly. And they added on ricotta on top of the mozzarella, which I was not prepared for, yeah. with a cauliflower crust 
really, really delicious, genuinely really delicious. But and, and for like 20 minutes, I was like, this is the best idea I've ever had in my entire life. I can't believe it's been this long since I've had this kind of cheese, let alone <laughs> cheese in general. And then it was just over. Yeah. It was game over. I was so physically sick. I went to sleep <laughs> sick. I couldn't have the pizza the next day as intended. Yeah. But th- those 20 minutes, I will forever thank the the fine folks at Meta because it was delicious. They did so it was it's my body. My yeah. body is the mistake. No, mine too. Mine too. My body will will just shut it down. But you know what? Better to have loved and, and lost, lost. <laughs> than never to have loved at all. <laughs> Speaking of loving, um, so we went to BravoCon. We lived our best lives. Yeah. Shout out to the chumps, you know, if you know, you know. <sighs> this week on Housewives yeah. has given us so many gifts. It really has. But the greatest gift (laughs) of this week, and I guess it's up for debate as everything in the Housewives universe typically is. Subjective. Um, The dinner party from hell. Amazing. Part three. So good. What was your expectation going in? You know, I always keep them low these days Mm. because it's like you look back on, on Real Housewives and it never seems to measure up. You're like, ah, those were the golden days. Now it feels, especially with Beverly Hills. Maybe it's just me and I'm jaded with Beverly Hills because it feels like it's so overly produced and everybody's being pretty fake, which is why I'm so thankful that certain people are on the cast because they shake it up a bit. And it's not just canned talking points, which I feel like we get a lot of. Hmm. Um, that's just my take after watching it since the inception of the Beverly Hills you okay. know, franchise. But I, I liked it. Things went awry, and I enjoy that. So when it comes to can takes, do you feel that this season? I think people try. Remember, okay, okay, reunion two or three years ago. Okay. When Rinna is sitting next to Well, Dorit. you lost me there, Thank or you. got me, honestly, yeah. depending. Rinna's sitting next to Dorit, and mm-hmm. Dorit is... She won't let it go like she always does. And she, classic Doreen. And she starts, <laughs> starts, this is so chaotic. She starts going for Erica and she won't stop. And Rinna gently mm-hmm. puts her hand over and gives her a little tippy tap tap, mm-hmm. tip tap. It's so subtle, but I noticed it and I was like, ah, keep them in line. Keep your Fox Force in line. So to me, it just feels like the that crew mm really sucked the air out of it because they went in with like a plan, you know, like they just knew how they wanted to be perceived and how they wanted to present each other. Even, you know, Kyle and um, I watched a marathon of these, by the way, the last couple of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, because I was behind three episodes. So I just sat there, clockwork oranged myself, just (laughs) boom, boom, we're doing it. We're doing it all tonight. We're ripping this bandaid off. We have to get caught up. Right. And then I watched the current night's episode. Mm -hmm. But Kyle went to lunch with Dorit and their conversation it just felt like they had workshopped it a lot together. Really? Yeah, to me, it felt that way. Wait, about the Mauricio stuff? The questions that they asked each other felt very like like they were on their own talk shows together. Oh, okay, so I watched The Dinner Party from from Hell Part 3 three times. Wow. Um, Twice today. Yeah. And then one time Wednesday night. I watched the after show one and a half times and Kyle talks on the after show about the fact that she essentially didn't love, which she's also said in interviews, I think with Us Weekly, she didn't love 
Dorit asking her questions about Mauricio and felt like that car conversation, for example, I think it was a car conversation, should have, when they were together in the car, should have happened over the phone. So Mm. I don't think the Mauricio stuff is being workshopped at all. The only thing that I think is being workshopped and is one of the key elements of the remaining residual Fox Force However, how many ever three, I guess, is the fact that people are staying quiet and that they're questioning when Sutton and Garcelle are not. I don't think that any of these conversations with Mauricio, including most especially scenes with Mauricio, are in any way workshopped. And I think that's why a lot of people are talking. I feel like that lunch. Watch it back again. Just the lunch. I'll watch it a fourth time. Just go in. Just do something and then go in fresh and just listen to the questions they ask each other. So I know that you have... Maybe I'm a jaded soul. We know this. It's possible. So you had potentially a, a maybe not a huge high hope specific to the dinner party from hell, but... Yeah, I mean, you never know going into these. It could be a boring situation. Yeah. It could be just like ho-hum. But when Camille... Camille and Ragamuffin pulled up. Oh my God, with that I was blowout? Like, I heard in my mind, two of America's most wanted started playing. <laughs> <laughs> you don't put the... Same in the room, the yeah. same other. Yeah, I was like, oh, here we go. But also, it was so kooky. It was like giving. So great. It was giving Romy and Michelle. It was giving post-it note. Like they were kind of like I off know. balance, they, and it quite was literally. Like, but I just balance. know other people's reactions to them. Though. Yeah, it's not really about them. Like coming into battle, it's about okay. And Faye is there. This is gonna be great. Honestly, I thought it was one of Camille's strongest episodes to date. Noting she is not in most episodes. Yeah. So keeping that in mind, the fact that she shouted out the Aston Martin that she received from Fraser when he fucked somebody. <laughs> that was great. And her saying like, like I got a car a hundred percent and I think she's essentially intimated she had more than one automobile because yeah. the man is busy I like He's that got a spin-off that now. was like a lightness and an honesty totally so refreshing I wish all of Beverly Hills was like that all the time yes like this yes. shitty thing happened to me let's laugh about it not let's let's hide this thing that happened to me and never talk about it honestly I was getting shades of season two Camille and yes. we lost her when she came back to the show she was a I little know. cloying she I was know. a little on edge in a way that wasn't necessarily entertaining. I felt like she was off kilter. Mm -hmm. And it seems like the Camille, who oftentimes seems still a little cloying on social media, it felt like just in that moment, I was like, you know what, I miss seeing Camille. Mm -hmm. I really do. Yeah. She's such a different energy. And it's like, I look at her now and I forget that she's an OG. Isn't that weird? Yeah. And then let's remember, too, she didn't get up and go ask for a different seat and faded. No, because Faye, I think, heard her saying, I can't believe I have to sit near Camille. I I mean, I can't believe I, I have to sit near Faye. I think Faye would have stayed there. But I think Camille saying that <laughs> literally while she was directly opposite her on the other side I think the words the are important. And I don't remember if it was those words if she said, I can't believe she sat me right across from. I think it was she sat me right across from. Totally. Entirely possible. But the point is that she doesn't want to be near Faye. Well, she wasn't mean to Faye about it. But I mean, it's, it is... Look, look, she said the it bottom and line, is feeling sensitive. The bottom line is, yeah, Kyle is supposed to be one of Faye's very close friends, mm. like decorating each other's houses, laughing about God knows what, right? <laughs> Clinking their Hermes bracelets. God bless and them for it. And she put her right across from Camille. And that I've said it from the beginning. Kyle will do what it takes to make a good show. Kyle may have sat her right across from Camille or Kyle put out her table tents, noting I'm sure that she was thinking about the energy as Kyle is a spiritual, not literal, but spiritual producer. And then the producers saw where the table tents 
were and made some adjustments. Okay, so you're giving Kyle the benefit of the doubt that she did not do that. I think that Kyle had a tricky episode and there are points where I think um, a benefit of the doubt scenario is not undeserved. And Mm. then there are other points where she deserves quite literally nothing at all. Mm. And I love Kyle. She's in my top five and I have a lot of feelings about Kyle. But this is the second season in a row where she has done something deeply inappropriate when it regards eating disorders and disordered eating. And the fact that she kept her idea, her um, opinion of Sutton's eating in her back pocket to use because she felt like it was appropriate to weaponize and surprise everyone with because she felt like she was under attack. Correct. And it's the second, it's like- It wasn't out of a place of concern. No, it, wasn't, it was out of a place was, to embarrass her. It was cutting. It was trying to, it was trying to just get, get Sutton. Yeah, and you might have an, you meaning the greater audience and maybe you as well might take issue to the focus on Kyle's eating, which is, I think, connected to um, the working out and everything else. But like a focus on food as a difference in lifestyle can be very complicated. But I think Sutton's intention there might be perceived as negative too, but it was not to say, I'm shaming you for the food-related part of it. Now, the drinking part of it is a tougher conversation when it comes to the way everyone's like, Kyle, you need to be more fun. I think the difference, the the point that Sutton was attempting to make was like, you are behaving in a way that is different from how I have known you. And I just want to understand, this is giving Sutton a lot of benefit of the doubt, but like, I want to understand what's going in your life that possibly inspired that. And Kyle's response is to be like, you don't get to question me on everything, on anything, because I think you have an eating disorder. Yeah. And it was also odd because Kyle kept saying, well, just say what you want to say and ask what you want to ask. Say what you want to say and ask what you want to ask. Because she finally just like says what she wants to say. Well, no, Garcelle really says no, what I she know. wants to but, say. But, but, yeah. but Sutton says the part where, and she'd been, she'd been, you know, inkling about it for a while. This wasn't yeah. their, their only discussion of it. She was like, you're working out a lot. And she gets up at six, and they show her getting up at six in the morning. Right. And now Sutton, there was one sentence that I thought did help because mm-hmm. it's one thing to get up and work out at six in the morning, whatever. Mm-hmm. But Sutton said she worked out for a really long time. She said three hours. And so that's, if that is a day? in any way accurate. There's if no she got up accurate. at 6 a.m. and worked out for until no, 9 there's no way that's right. That's a bit much. Was she exaggerating? I, I don't know. So. so it was just like one of those things where it's like, well, what is, I don't know, Sutton, Sutton had a reason to say, what's going on all these things are changing and i just want to ask you about it and i think i think she was coming from a place of concern but then you're right kyle the way that she retorted was um pretty terrible and also i don't know if this was deflection or projection or just conversation or attempting to be shady but as Kyle and Dorit and then Kyle again mm-hmm. and maybe Dorit again and whomever else, the focusing on Sutton potentially having a drinking problem and using they are that. really pushing that. It really was like not great for Kyle yeah. when it came to like making decisions that I found to be a little bit horrifying. Mm-hmm. And the thing of it is like if there has been a conversation, if there has been a conversation on Andy's Girls about the way that Candace, for example, on Potomac has in the past seasons said things that made me potentially, I mean, potentially quite literally uncomfortable when it came to like the ways that we're talking about body shaming. And also we have to acknowledge that she is literally not the only person. She might have a, maybe a consistent style of 
how she responds to things. I'm not I'm not um, uh, saying that that doesn't exist, but I am saying that like, hello, there's some other shit going on here. And Kyle is establishing a record. I'm not equalizing the two. I'm just saying that like, if Candace is going to be held accountable in some conversations, we can't forget what Kyle is doing and the fact that this is the second season in a row. Yeah. And I just thought it was completely inappropriate. I was, was really not thrilled with it. And Kyle has talked about her history and how she, has, she yeah. has been in recovery for an eating disorder when she was younger. And that doesn't give you an excuse to question another person in that way and also use it as a punchline or as a gotcha aha moment. Yeah. Like we can't do that. We just can't she do it. Fights me. She, it's so interesting whenever I watch Sutton and Kyle fight because Kyle does fight with her like a sister. So when Sutton finally said that and was like, you treat me like I'm your little sister. You you come for me in a, in a way that seems like really like personal and intense. Mm-hmm. And it's true. I, I mean, she shook her like a rag doll last season, if you remember that. Oof. And she and then Kyle's whole thing was like, I was drinking. I'm not drinking anymore. And that, but the anger is still there. Yeah, that's a that, great point. That anger that she has, like you can see when she Sutton pushes her buttons like I have not seen anyone else do yeah. in the history of the show. And I do just want to say like as a sort of sidebar that Kyle's decision to stop drinking, Kyle's decision to work on herself, Kyle's decision to include, you know, like consistent daily workouts to work on herself. And what we saw at the sort of tail end of the episode leading into next week's with the, you know, there's a reason I don't drink because I'm dealing with so much. I can't handle what drinking does to me. I think she should be commended for it. I think it's like, uh, it's really incredible. And she's, you know, dealing with a lot of grief and trauma and the way that she is trying to channel that into something that makes her feel good that yeah. doesn't hurt her. And it's, held, it's, it's great behaviors. Yeah. Like, I need to work out. Everybody wants to work out. I more. mean, listen, you go for a little while. Call it a day. But like, <laughs> I, I just think that like that is something to be commended. And the difficulty here is that people are are expressing those changes in such a way that it's like, should she feel ashamed of it? Should she be embarrassed about it? Should she be questioning it? Because according to her, the way that she's listening to what her cast members are saying, it's like coming off to her as a negative. And that's not me judging her. And I don't think it's meant to be that way. It's just like, you know, if we were hanging out and all of a sudden, like I go from being a person who sleeps late to like I'm getting up at six in the morning, I'm working out Mm. for three hours and I'm doing other things too. Because then Sutton was also referring to, you know, the the new friend. Yeah. But circling back again to that like little sister, sorry for the sidebar, the, um, what was Kyle's response? It was like something along the lines of, um, it was a, it was like supposed to be like, you wish, like essentially you you were like my little sister. What did you think of that moment? I thought it was rude and off base per usual. Do you think it's possible that she felt Sutton was, making too much about the nature of their relationship that it was like Sutton was positioning it to be as intimate for example as her relationship and friendship with Teddy Joe yeah I think that it um it probably also just furthered Mm. Kyle's anger because she does not want to imagine Sutton as her sister because Sutton makes her very angry so I I, I don't think that there's a land right now where Kyle can truly hear what Sutton is saying, mm. right? There's a book called Please Understand Me. Like it's not, what you say is not necessarily what someone hears. Yeah. So 
the message behind what Sutton was saying was lost. She was focused on the like, as if you'd ever be my sister, I would, you know, and she's not hearing that you're cutting me as if, as if we grew up in the same house, you're cutting me in a way that you think I'm family and we're going to like heal back from this. You're going, you're going too far with me. And Kyle's reaction to the little sister moment was to say, don't flatter yourself. Correct. Which is, that's a cut. That's a deep cut. Yeah. Paris is always a good idea. And when I schlep on over to Europe to my favorite city in the world, I bring with me a few important phrases that I have learned from housewives. C'est bon, c'est bon. Chic, c'est la vie. Je m'appelle the Countess. N'est-ce pas, Luan? And while those key phrases are important when speaking to any French bravoholic for other matters of life, that's where Rosetta Stone comes in. Rosetta Stone is the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered, including, of course, French. It features fast language acquisition. It immerses you in so many ways. There's no English translations. So you really learn to speak, to listen, and to think in that language. It's an intuitive process. You pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. J'adore Chris Manzo. Et toi? There's a speech recognition filter, which gives you feedback on your pronunciation. It's convenient with desktop and app options, and it's an amazing value. Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership has all 25 languages for any and all trips and language needs in life. That's lifetime access to all 25 language courses Rosetta Stone offers for 50% off. A steal. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, AGs can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today. Today. Shout out to Astapro for sponsoring this episode and providing me with free samples. Astapro is a first-of-its-kind nasal allergy spray. It's the fastest 24-hour over-the-counter allergy spray. It starts working in 30 minutes, while other allergy sprays take hours. Astapro is the first and only 24-hour steroid-free allergy spray. It delivers full prescription strength indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy nose, and sneezing. Living in New York City is not easy. Just ask Sonia, trying to sell that house. There are so many mornings where I wake up and think, oh my gosh, I'm having the worst cold of my life. And I realize it's actually from allergies. When my nasal allergies flare up, and that happens when the season changes and the temps get a little warmer than they normally are, I use Astapro, and I'm amazed at how fast I'm back in the game. And that game is looking for Dorinda on the Upper East Side. Astapro always has my back and nose. Get fast-acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to astaproallergy.com for a discount so you can Astapro and go today. A-S-T-E-P-R-O allergy.com. 
Astapro and Go. Use as directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. In the words of Meredith Marks, when it comes to that week, week and a half before my period, I wish I was disengaging. My PMS is off the charts. Truly Uber Eats needs to check in and say, it's about that time, isn't it? I know it is. The cravings are crazy. I want to crawl out of my skin. Now it's easier to manage PMS with Estro Control. Happy Mammoth, the company that created Hormone Harmony and Estro Control, is dedicated to making women's lives easier. And that means using only science-backed ingredients that have been proven to work for women. They make no compromise when it comes to quality, and it shows. For AGs who are friends of perimenopause, menopause, or postmenopause, Happy Mammoth has Hormone Harmony. It's not just a supplement for women going through those stages. It's also become a phenomenon. Women can't stop talking about it on social media. A bottle of Hormone Harmony is sold every 24 seconds. For a limited time, you can get 15% off your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use the code ANDESGIRLS at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use the code ANDESGIRLS for 15% off today. I'm engaging. Conversations around wellness and weight loss can be complicated. There's the Instagram filter we all see on IG and social media and then IRL. And between $20 smoothies and daily ice baths, everyone is doing the most to hack the health system. But there's a better way. Row. Row provides access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market. Over 200,000 people have already chosen Row to help them lose weight. And you can sign up from the comfort of your own home. No scheduling a doctor's appointment, commute to the doctor's office, and no waiting rooms. The Row Body Program pairs a weekly shot with healthy lifestyle changes, so you can lose 15 to 20% of your weight in a year on average and actually keep it off. Of course, medication must be paired with diet and exercise modifications in order to achieve any stated results. Medication cost is not included in the program. Patients must pay for medication separately. With Row, average weight loss is 15 to 20% in one year with healthy lifestyle changes. BMI and other eligibility criteria apply. Go to roco slash andesgirls. You can sign up today and you'll pay just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Medication costs are separate. That's ro.co slash andesgirls. Sign up today. I just came back from the salon, and for the record, I went with a sassy little bob and quiet luxury shade of blonde. Yes, that's literally what we're calling it, quiet luxury. (laughs) Aside from trips to the salon, I don't actually blow out my hair. My hair is naturally wavy, and that's why I love Way. Way's new anti-frizz cream is a lightweight cream that provides immediate frizz control that lasts for up to 72 hours. I know that I have a limited amount of time (laughs) with wet, wavy hair in which to get myself in order. And that is why I love the anti-frizz cream. It has notes of bergamot, Italian lemon, violet, and more. And it smells unbelievable. Believable. Truly, as someone who is a little bit sensitive to scents, I put this in my hair and I feel 
great. It also genuinely pairs well with my perfume, which I appreciate. I don't blow out my hair because after years of color processing and attempting to make it straight, I know it looks better and stays healthier when I avoid blow drying, which is why I love the anti-frizz cream. I've used products, especially with wavy hair, where it feels heavy and looks kind of wet. And that's why I love Waze Anti-Frizz Cream because it enhances the natural waves in my hair. I still look like me, just a little elevated. And P.S. I am way obsessed with Waze other bestsellers. Their leave-in conditioner, detox shampoo, my personal favorite. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to T-H-E- O-U-A-I dot com and enter promo code Andy for 15% off any product. That's T-H-E-O-U-A-I dot com with promo code Andy. So what do you think is going on with Kyle and Sutton? Because I can't make heads or tails of it. I don't know. See, there is something again. There's something about Sutton. Maybe that'd be a that'd be a cute little <laughs> a cute little a little cute little rom com. Love it. Um, there's something about Sun mm. that just makes Kyle wild. Is it? I mean, obviously, there's something to be said for um, Kyle's experience of in her. Do from you her to, experience. Do you want me to tell you what my followers told me? What they think it is? What? Tell me. God, I love them. I love them so much. Okay. Because I don't always, I don't always remember every single connection of everything, right? Great. And the show also reminded us. So yeah. first my followers reminded me and then the show reminded me as I made it through the rest of the episodes. And a lot of people believe that, their opinion is that, because Sutton is very close friends with Kathy. Mm. And Sutton, and also if you want to add layers to it, in case the layers exist and are real, Sutton's level of wealth and Kathy's level of wealth and like, it's just, just like all this stuff. But Kyle's so fucking rich. She's super rich. Sure. No, she is. She's yeah. extremely rich. There's rich and then there's Sutton. I, you know what? I wouldn't, um, you know, shake my head at that fucking agency empire money. I'm, That's some like significant wealth. I'm not, but I'm also. That is wealth, not sure. even wealth building. The, the, the building has happened. Sure. The wealth has been built. I'm not saying, I'm not saying it hasn't. Okay. But like the bouginess of it, maybe the society factor. The bouginess of it. I mean, are you watching Gilded Age? No, because I levels. can't There's levels. do that. Okay. No. Well, I'm just saying. Okay. The Opera House stuff. Look, there's a lot of stuff that goes on <laughs> <laughs> with the wealthy. To me, I'm like, y'all just got too much money. All y'all. All y'all got too much money. But there's levels to it, is my point. The Kathy relationship I got into on a um, Patreon that I put up because someone sent in a satchel of gold that was comparable and very similar. And I was like, oh, that's a really, again, as your um, followers and same with AGs, it's like that is a really important, solid point when it comes to potentially Kyle's um, resentment tension uh, with Sutton the fact yeah. that Sutton and Kathy have remained Anger. good friends and also we saw how that um, affected Kyle at the beginning of the season at that retreat when she was talking about the fact that either at the retreat and or in a confessional the fact that she wanted Sutton to be there for her in that moment with Kathy and then felt like she wasn't which yeah. is something she dismissed of late when she's like, this has nothing to do with Kathy. I mean, sometimes, you know, thou doth protest too much. Correct. Correct. 
So with the Kyle Sutton dynamic, obviously it has gotten worse since the tension at the Beverly Hills panel at BravoCon was like (laughs) very solid. Yeah. And I was just thinking like, and of course that was, that happened after the name them, name them, name them, which name them was a moment it was kyle's gonna raise she's kyle's gonna reference that forever because <laughs> here's the thing i would go crazy too so i totally get it and the it she just kept it up, and kyle's face it kept getting worse and worse cinema yeah but the problem there is that kyle could name them not but not that and i stop i get it i get it's an iconic moment i get it's iconic drama but like time out follow up is that kyle could in fact name a flag here i go okay throw this arm receipts wait a minute let's we could do this right now how many i can't name i can't i can't even do it i can't even i can't name anything my memory does not work that way how many unhinged moments could you name of kyle because i could name quite a few as well where she just loses it okay name eight name them Great. Well, I'm, there's not eight for Sutton. I'm just thinking of how many times she said name them. She name them. She killed a bee. Remember what? when she freaked out over the bee and she killed the bee? She was hospitalized. No, I'm staring. not talking about this. This is forever ago. This is back when like uh, oh. the lady was on who who like All right, she had a, I'll she give had it a to sex you. chamber. You know what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, she killed a bee. Name them. Okay. Remember she had a freak out on the airplane. She used to freak out on the airplanes all the time. Name them. Right. I'm, I'm saying continue. Yeah, you got to. I don't have anything name- to write on here. Okay, great. So... <laughs> You know, I'm a list maker. She's a visual visual learner. But that is tough in the moment to be able to name literally anything. If you think about Kyle, though, you can name. She freaks out at stuff. When she ran off in, in, uh, where were they? This is my problem is I don't remember the the absolute details. I see it in my mind. This is helpful for an audio podcast. I see it in my mind. But that, maybe that, do you think that's an example of Kyle? You beast. You beast. When Kim was going off on people and she got up and ran and her cape well, blew in the wind. wouldn't you? No, I would not flee like it was a house fire. Oh, my God. I no. 100%. No, I, I would watch. But that's because I don't have a sister and I don't know Rena. So there's like nothing invested yeah. there. Yeah. Um, The Kyle of it all, do you think that she's projecting by talking about how much Sutton seems to be out of control? Which is not to say that Sutton isn't out of control but it is to say How that she maybe say that's she something... was out of control in what regard i can't remember did i mean Ky- she was out of control? kyle has said repeatedly that sutton acts in a way that is not connected to the reality of the oh, situation like oh, at magic oh, oh. mike like the way that she referenced in that conversation about sutton's divorce the way that she's like oh is this as bad essentially being sarcastic is this as that bad so as when mean, the by the way when the designer that didn't was show up so mean i did not like that one bit you didn't like what? That Kyle belittled Sutton having a real moment with her saying, look, my husband was saying to me, this big, powerful man that makes a ton of money. A ton like, global That money. I want you to move to London with our I'm minor moving. child. Right. Like uproot everything about your life. Cute store. I could give a crap. Come to London because I want the child to be there. Yeah. Kyle's response to that was essentially. Oh, you, you want to make my money? Right. Kyle's response was like, but it's not happening. So why are you getting upset? Yeah. And, and no, but she belittled it and she turned it into a money thing. She was like, so you're mad because somebody wanted it because you're going to make more money now. Because Sutton was saying like, the child will be with me now full time because my husband is moving to London. And so because I have, I'm taking that on and there will no longer be a split mm-hmm. situation, I will have to now get more money to support the child's well-being. And she's like, why is that a bad thing? You're going to get more money. And she's like, because I have to mess with him in court again. Like the horror of that, like this man has a fleet of lawyers, she said it was like David and Goliath situation. And now she's got to go tussle with that again. 
Yeah. And I think Kyle's perspective is um, the last time that I saw you, we got into it. And the time before that I saw you, we got into it. And maybe I'm not the person that you should be telling this stuff to or and or I don't trust that what you're telling me is uh, that the meaning of the story here, the execution of it is going to line up. Yeah. And she also belittled it and said, like, it's always something with you. Like you were stressed out last time because you were selling one house in Beverly Hills and moving to another house in Beverly Hills. We could say the same thing about Kyle, though. We could we could water down and belittle all her problems, you know, when she was stressed out about moving or her dog running out the door or whatever. Like, I don't know. I just felt that was really um, insensitive and callous. And mm-hmm. I think Sutton was really trying to connect with her and trying to do have some kind of relationship and move forward. And it it really got used against her. And also the reality is that you can try to connect with someone, but if that other person feels like they haven't been respected, then they're not necessarily going to provide the respect that you feel that you deserve, even if, and especially if, it's in a moment where you're being vulnerable talking about an totally. incredibly toxic divorce. It takes a very strong person, emotionally, all of it, to pull yourself out of the situation and say, okay, what is this person saying to me right now? Let me take my rage out of it, whatever, and and really have a fresh yeah. viewpoint on what somebody is saying to you. Like yeah. your, your perspective is your reality. Yeah. And I also think like, listen, nobody's perfect. And this is where I get into a little bit of a Kyle apologizer <laughs> role. But I just think that like she is sort of dealing with a lot and trying to figure out how to be honest to herself, let alone honest to the other people in the cast. And, you know, the editing was what it was, both with uh, the shift from the conversation about Dorit where they're making fun of um, or questioning um, uh, Sutton's drinking to Sutton ordering a cocktail mm-hmm. with Garcelle. And also the scene with Morgan Wade going straight from them connecting at the tattoo parlor and really bonding to her meandering on over to Mauricio to see what the fuck it is that he's up to mm-hmm. with so much seeming freedom and affection and connectiveness between her and Morgan, which is not to say like I am have any idea of the exact specifics of the nature oh, of their relationship. the energy was different. But the energy it was, was different. It was light, it was fun, it, it was, was playful. It was playful, it was yeah. welcoming, it felt loving, yeah, it, it felt connective. And then you see this Mauricio moment where this cold. man is like essentially sort of begging her almost or in his joking about, will I see the tattoo? It is just a very, very different dynamic. And Kyle is in such a different place in her life that it feels so disjointed when seeing someone who I would assume would be a part of her life as her spouse forever and watching a transition in which only one person is sort of staying in the past and the other person seems extremely focused on the present. It just the edit of it and the transition of it and then going back to the initial and Mauricio being like, you know, oh, was it my name? And I'm just thinking like you you can say love being over and over and over again, but it's just such a fucking drag because you're on such totally different planets 
Kyle isn't saying that that's not happening when it comes to their scenes together. She's giving us a lot by giving him so little. Mm -hmm. It's just wild to watch him kind of spin out and not acknowledge the difference. At the same time, I I don't remember if it was one episode or three episodes ago, whatever, it's a blur. But she was trying to talk to him and he was just like almost too busy for her and was trying to book travel. He always is too busy for her. And was doing whatever. So it was interesting to see in the most recent episode that then... He's kind of wanting, and I'm like, she might have already, she might have already turned away. Might and be too late. Totally. And I also think, you know, there's always that conversation about like, what's your love language? And mm-hmm. I don't know enough about which are the options are that one could present. Acts of, Acts service, of service, physical gifts. touch. Which, by the way, people keep saying that that's really nonsense, but it's still fun. It's still fun to, you know. And you can have about. more than one love language yeah. and it's sort of like how you're feeling at the day sure. and it's probably also representative of whatever relationship you're in either with someone else or in a friendship or with yourself. Like what is the thing that you feel like you need the most at this point in your life? It can be specific to a circumstance yeah. or something else. But it's just it's one of those things when I just kind of think like not taking away from the absolute love, history, connection, family that these two people have created together. But like, what is Mauricio's capacity to give to Kyle? What is the love language that he is going to give to her? Like, what is the real true thing that he has capacity to do? And what has he given her in the last couple years? Because my sense of things here is that like, to me, in the very, very limited amount that we have seen of him, noting it's edited to look as tense and sort of disconnected sure. as possible, it feels to me like the most he's giving is 50, but he has considered it 110 for maybe a couple years. It's hard to know. I mean, if there's one thing we know, it's you can't, you nobody knows what happens in somebody's 100%, relationship, right? A hundred percent. But, you know, we used to see them going on the, remember when they went on like the bike race or whatever together? They feel like they were always simpatico doing things yeah. together. They still on their Instagrams all the time are like on these hikes with the hats. I mean, less and so now, they're, but... You know, less so now. For the kids. They're doing stuff. No, they were by themselves okay. in, a couple, in a couple of posts in the right. mountains somewhere. All right. And Shout out Aspen, probably. Yeah, probably one of those. <laughs> Cliche. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Who knows if that's happening a lot anymore or not, but it seemed like he was very doting on her, very passionate. You know, they seem to have that kind of energy. So maybe there's there's a lull. Who knows? We don't know what's going on in there. That's also the thing with marriage as someone who is not married is like, how do you know at what point do you know and do you realize that like a lull is going to a place of more permanence or this is a lull that we can't get out of? So but I think you well, see now for me. <laughs> there's mm, it would be it'd be rough to have a lull you can't get out of because I'm not making a dating profile so like I don't want to ever go out there again so what I'm saying is like if there's if there's a patch where I feel like and this is a joke in my house which we have a nice healthy relationship my okay. husband and I but the joke is like I love being alone I'm a house cat so like mm. you can't ignore me into like feeling like I'm gonna because that's my my happiest place. that's my happiest place but he's like a dog so he loves the energy you know he's like a Labrador yeah. retriever he's he's I very yeah. you know what I mean he's mm-hmm. like a cuddly wonderful so we're a good balance but to me like I I can't relate to that of somebody being like oh he doesn't pay enough attention to me or whatever because for me I'm like oh, it sounds great Sounds great. I'm, I'm I'm fine over here. I'm watching TikTok. And it's also the difference of like a person's communication style and love language mm-hmm. and like their needs versus 
moments have happened that have rocked the very core and foundation of Kyle's life, or it's the accumulation of many events, most specifically something that she has talked about openly and um, repeatedly that I think is going to be the focus of an upcoming episode is losing her best friend who died of suicide, dealing with the grief and trauma of that, and also just continuing challenges that she might have and everything getting to a point of I think potentially for Kyle, like reevaluating her life and saying, what is it that I need to feel safe, to feel good, to feel connected, to feel strong? And some of that might be situational. Some of that might be lifestyle, not as the entirety of it, not as the entirety of a solution, but of a way to feel stronger and more secure. And I think safe, like when you feel like you are on a regimented schedule for some people, that can really, really help you feel like you're in control of her life and really look at like who's helping me in this, who is going to like get me through to the next stage of where I want to be and like who is accepting of my interest in doing that. And I don't think, I think Mauricio is certainly confused about what's going on, but I don't know that he has the tools. It's they're they're separated now he they might get back together i don't think that they will like he i don't think that he has the capacity um to do that and i don't think she has the interest in him being the one to be with her on this like next stage of her life yeah and i think it's also when i say like case by case basis too i mean like again everybody's relationship is unique and different and every person too might be looking for different things. Like I was, you know, single for a long time in my Mm. 20s and I lived by myself and I, you know, chased dreams and all kinds of things. I feel like she got married pretty young and then- Very young. She was married before Mauricio. She was married young, had very young. And I don't know how old she was when that happened. I want to say she got married maybe like 18, 19, 20. Yeah. So, and I think she's said to her daughters a couple of times, if I'm not mistaken, if I'm wrong, someone will tell us, but that like she didn't have the opportunity to go to college. That didn't work for her because she was doing acting things. Right. And so she, that whole experience, that that typical experience, she did not have. She was a wife and mother. Mm. And then I think I don't know how long she was single for. I remember, she was friends with Bethany and they would go around and have a good time and go to parties and whatever, according to Bethany's stories. And then and then she met Mauricio. Mm-hmm. So there could be a point in your life where you you look back and you say, like, you know, I was a wife and a mother and a wife and a mother. And she never got to have that that fun, that independent life, that whatever. And it's just interesting. Do you think that's one of the things that makes her feel so connected to Morgan? Because Maybe. Morgan, from like an age perspective, and listen, there's so much um, for a variety of different kinds of relationships. The the world of sometimes like sexism and misogyny is such that a man will be looked at differently for being of a certain age with a um, partner significantly younger than if that happens with not to say that Kyle and Morgan are definitely together, but just to say that like that generational difference, often women are judged more for being the quote unquote cougar than for being the one who's significantly younger than a man. But do you think that even just when it comes to like their friendship and connection, that it's that generational thing of Kyle seeing someone who is potentially living the life that she didn't have the opportunity to live and kind of getting a chance to like reset. 
Maybe. I mean, she obviously, uh, you know, from what Morgan said, and we've heard this clip many times is like, she stalked me, you know, she, she DM'd me, she tagged me. I, it wasn't like, you're not going to ignore that. It's there. So there was something that she saw in Morgan and just liked for whatever reason. And AJ, nothing but a number. Right. So it's true. You know, Kyle's a young, playful kind of person. And I don't think it. it's she's not like an old fogey. She's not it's not weird to think of her like hanging out with, you know, people in their 20s and 30s to me. Right. So because there are all different ages and mentality. I've said it once. 100 percent. Because I feel like I'm the oldest spiritually (laughs) mid 20s plus person on the planet. And I feel that most times. Um, Listen, in high school, I went to one house party. I walked in. I was like, (laughs) I walked in the backyard. (laughs) I went in the backyard. I hopped the fence, walked home, ordered a pizza, watched Lifetime with my mom. That I was is like living the dream. Yeah, my I'm friend. gonna go do what I think is fun. Listen, having some like spinach linguine, watching a Lifetime movie with Kirsten Dunn, <laughs> sixteen and pregnant, a like cautionary my, tale, a hundred percent carbs. Literally living my absolute Where I'm best happiest. life. Absolutely, yes. with some. I do remember Parmesan cheese. Mm-hmm. I remember that spinach. Yeah, a delicious. bunch of scrubs at that party. I'm out of there. I, I. It's it's true, and it's also like you know. There's a sort of talking around the Kyle and Morgan and there's a conversation that has been had by um, members of the LGBTQ community of like, let's not get into a situation or cycle where we are potentially outing someone. And there's also many members of the LGBTQ community who I've spoken to said, I don't consider this outing. I And it's now become a yeah. seemingly an important um in terms of focus storyline that the show is going to kind of weave through the course of the season. We were introduced to Morgan they much, are, much they earlier are, than I thought. They could not be putting uh, Morgan more in the front right now. I mean, it is a they made the music video like we're reacting to what we are being shown here. And I don't care if their relationship is romantic or not. I mean, if they are just like absolute best friend, kismet soulmates, that's awesome, too. Like they were having fun. There was a lightness. There was a levity. They make each other happy. It was joyous. It was hilarious. It was that thing where you know that you're watching two very close friends, if not best friends, Mm -hmm. laugh together. Mm -hmm. I mean, back in the day when I used to watch Oprah, when Oprah and Gail would get together. Oh, Oh, my my God. God. There was nothing better than seeing two people who were just and they can just give each other a look and you're like, mm-hmm. she's the sister I never had. The, yes. She's the mother I always and wanted. They say so much without having to say much at all. It's just it was a great energy there. So again, I, I, I have no interest. I never have had any interest in, you know, people's relationships and the intricacies and all that kind of stuff. And it's just like, I don't then I don't now. Like if if Mauricio and Kyle have dealt with cheating things in the past, that's their business. I don't know. I have no idea. It's everybody's talking about it. everybody's bringing it up this season. Remember when um, they went on vacation and LVP brought that magazine? Well, How yeah. How long ago was that? That was a long time ago. And that became a point of contention when Brandy said that, you know, Correct. you were the person who was told him, told to- me to bring the magazine. Right. So that's one of those things. It's like that's been an undercurrent for so long. Like at this point, it's just about the dynamics. And Kyle was full of joy. When Morgan was around. And it's all fine and good to think of the joy. And I think that's incredible. And also acknowledge the complexities here. Yeah. Um, uh, and also on top of that, there seems to be a feeling that Kyle and the remaining Fox Force have that it is a sign of crossing lines and disrespect to ask the questions that seemingly are a part of a person's <laughs> job performance. Like your 360 review as a housewife. Kyle is would like, ask it. 
Kyle would ask it over and over again over the course of many episodes. What would Kyle do? Which is not me dragging Kyle, but it is a little bit of a drag to the idea that Sutton and Garcelle are not being respectful friends. And I saw somebody post this on Instagram, and I'm so sorry that I forget who it was, but it was a content creator who posted and said something to the extent of... um, uh, you know, like remembering the Beverly Hills panel and that I think it was Garcelle who made a point of saying that Kyle um, always looks to us to defend her, but yeah. she doesn't do the same for us. Mm-hmm. Like you are looking to me to protect you, to defend you, to be a good friend. But when are you actively doing that with us? Yeah. And you just, just even looking at the Sutton Diana of it all, the fact that Sutton doesn't carry that into every single scene. She never brings it up. Yeah. And obviously what Garcelle experienced, like Kyle was not the kind of proactive friend and silence was used very differently. It was. Can you imagine even for a moment that what happened to, to Garcelle's son happened to one of Kyle's kids? Yeah. Like, or Dorit's. They would set the world on fire. Yeah. Or Rana's. Like it's already on or fire. Or Erica's. But, yeah. Yeah. I think it's it's a, a, a valid, important point, one that Garcelle has made, any number of other people have made. And I think there have been moments in which Kyle has been receptive to like active listening, certainly mm-hmm. more successfully than Dorit has, for example. <sighs> that made me so mad. I, I it's not a high bar. That but entire that entire exchange with Garcelle. She, Garcelle just couldn't even just say it. she no. just had to uh, take it as a personal attack. And I'm yeah. like, I was just yelling at the TV, like, why is this about you? You're making this about you. Also, can we not allow Garcelle to have experienced and communicated the trauma that she and her family went through? You're already saying that it's been a year. It's been a year. I'm like, you got some, you got some cojones. Yeah. And if you are only thinking of that scene with Erica at the party, which is, by the way, enough, mm-hmm. and you're not thinking about all the other fucking shit that Correct. they went through, you're doing friendship wrong. And yeah. like, that's a name a moment. But that is just, a moment. She's just like, she won't let it go, though. She just gets on this loop. Yeah. But selective memory works in that way. And yeah. I think that Kyle is. And Kyle a- was sitting right next to her. Yeah, and Kyle is in a position right now where it is at the forefront for a lot of people mind, people's minds, let alone surely the producers, when it comes to who's going to bring this up and what's the conversation going to be, not to take away from like the responsibility and like decisions that Sutton and much more successfully Garcelle made to like speak openly about what's going on. But let us not forget that the Kyle Mauricio conversation was top of mind on social media, content creators, fans, um, gossip, whatever's the page six, uh, Daily Mail, Mm -hmm. tabloid stuff too. Like it was not something that came out of nowhere. And it's something that seemingly no one else in the cast has a lot of information on. So I have to wonder, is the reason that some members of Kyle's, like for lack of a better term, alliance seem so reticent about people talking about this is because they're reticent about people talking about this or they're reticent about people talking about this because they don't even know the information? Mm. I don't know. But I mean, shout out to Face Reality uh, because 16. Face Reality 16. Because Eliza, that content creator, she put that whole dive together where she just started noticing. That's all a dive is. That's it. It's just putting together facts that you're seeing. Yeah, a good dive anyway. We don't make things up in a good dive. Which right? isn't about more. But this this part of this conversation, I think, not to cut you off, but like isn't specific to Morgan, but it is about the Kyle Mauricio. Correct? Well, it's also specific to Morgan. Well, yeah, because she started bringing up like the matching tattoos 
and they had matching rings. So it was a one, it was a yes and. It was like a, yeah, this thing is happening with Mauricio, but also what is this thing over here? It wasn't, you know, and it wasn't in no way mean-spirited or anything. And this was the very beginning when I don't think anybody had really talked about this yet. But she just started noticing, like, Kyle's not wearing a ring, this and this. And then she went back through and actually pulled dates and times of, of photos. And then they were seen together here and blah, blah, blah. Also, when I was a flywheel, just to say about that ring stuff, when I was like a flywheel person and was going to literally six classes a week, including mm-hmm. a double day, um, which is like hard, hard, hardcore spin class, I you don't wear jewelry during it. Because no, it's I like you're I so wear sweaty, you're swollen. It's like you're not going to, it almost feels like you're soiling your jewelry. I, by I can't imagine a world so that to me, where I'm wearing a metal. But first of all, I don't like rings. Oh, like I, we're the I'm opposite. Literally wearing like like this to me yeah. is very irritating. You're wearing a wear gorgeous this. diamond band. It's twenty dollars. I got it off. Of, uh, <gasps> no, it's not. Yeah, I never wear oh a God, real I've been band. Staring at it all night because if I clap, How like dare. I went to that show earlier. If I clap really hard, it'll fly off. Oh, and also you're traveling. So I'm traveling. You're traveling. I'm not trying to get stabbed for a ring. Take it. So like when it comes to like Kyle not um, wearing a ring when she's working out, that to me is neither here nor there. Me neither. But the whole unless it's unusual for her. Sure. But also like at what point are we gonna focus on whether or not the ring to borrow from Kim Zolciak meant a thing mm-hmm. versus what is going on in your relationship? Yeah. Like Sutton is beating around the bush in such a way and is doing so ineffectively. She's saying, Who bought you the ring? And now we're going down yeah. this side avenue yeah. of like, here, my spouse bought me this and my spouse bought me that. It was very funny that Garcelle received a diamond um cross. Garcelle had a powerful, excellent prestige episode. She one did. of one of those performances that I will remember forever. Crystal did too, because when they Crystal sat down at the episode. table, yep. they, I don't think they would have talked about it. Nope. And she and also in like just sort of sitting in and watching the private Kyle Sutton yeah. stuff. Crystal did good work. She did great work. And also that green dress. Stunning. Very upset that I don't own she it. She looks great in green. She does. And I'm very upset that I don't own that yeah. dress. Somebody wore an emerald green dress. Like, where am I going, though? Where am I going? Everywhere. Look, you're in the cloth as I'm surrounded yeah. by literally you're looking at 40 different vintage taffeta, silk, other materials. Yeah. Um. So I, yeah. I fucking love a, a dress that's a moment. And you always find a way. You find something to go to. Yeah. That's the point of the dress. But, um, you know, when it what were we just saying? The, Kyle brought it. Garcelle yes, brought it. The ring. When it comes to the ring, whether or not the ring meant a thing, um, it's Sutton was so focused on like and was communicating in, in a way that was pretty ineffective, sort of lo- like the way I'm communicating now. She was but around the bush. She yeah. was beating around the bush and it became like, who bought the ring and why did they buy you and a so ring? I was like, was what it, are you getting at? And was it connected to cheating? Because other people had experienced adultery in their relationships. They were connecting to the, here's the jewelry that I got. Here's the car yeah. that I got. Versus to me, why are you wearing a different ring? Yeah. I you loved your giant gaudy rings and you always wear them. I mean... One person's gaudy. It's another person's, it's person's, person's modest. It's a. It's true. It's, it's another true, person's it's starter. Um, but like that could be a part of the conversation, and also just like what the fuck is going on in your relationship? It yeah. feels like symbols relating to your relationship and relating to who you are have changed. What is the nature of that? And is it that like these things have changed for a reason relating to something else? Or also, or just like what the fuck is going on? It yeah. became about the sapphire diamond in mm-hmm. a way that was like not helpful for Sutton and and probably <laughs> helpful for Kyle because she can just be like, I bought it, shut the fuck up. Well, no, it wasn't. It wasn't because anytime Sutton talks to her, she just gets madder and madder. So it was just throwing her off kilter. That's all. Yeah, but also Sutton doesn't help herself. 
No, she doesn't. That's the beauty of Sutton. She's a wild card. I know she And is. I love it I because do. everybody else is Excellent like, and casting. I'm going to say this and then I will say this. And Sutton's just, she doesn't even know which direction she's going. It's wonderful. Yeah. And she is a little Mission Impossible at times. She can self-destruct. She and it's can. like, you might not get to the reading of what it is that she's attempting to say before she blows up and it's all over. But, you know, until that time, it's going to be cinema. I'll tell you that much. I feel like I feel like there are some of us out there, though, that are kind of a Sutton whisperer. Like, I get what she's trying to do sometimes. It doesn't always land. But yeah. And also, like, is it another person's work to carry the labor of attempting to out Sutton Sutton in a way that is pro Sutton? Like, does she should she really need to have to depend on someone else to effectively communicate, but also she might. Have I mean, people do that people for Dorit. People, people do that for Dorit all the time. That's a good point. That's a like, very what solid point. What she's trying to say is, mm-hmm. people have done that a lot for her. They throw her a bone. You are completely correct, and I also think I think what Dorit meant was, I mean, oh my God, really, truly, I think speaking of all things Dorit, my the number one moment of that episode where I just was like, the way this was delivered. We just need to kind of stand down, stand down and really take a moment to just kind of commemorate and say that Garcelle in that confessional, the cleanest of shots, saying the only time I noticed jewelry is after the robbery when Dorit still had hers yep. and then sipping that fucking drink. And the producer, usually you can this hear them This is how legends are made. Truly, that was such a good moment. And the producer, you can usually hear like a producer laugh and I love when they keep that in. Silence. Pin drop. I'm like, did you not hear her or were you, did you fall down? Mm-hmm. Are you on the floor right now? Do we need salts. to get you Whole a life crew. alert? Like Cameraman, down. I mean- I know that that might be slightly difficult for her at the reunion. And I know that Dorit is going to use that to say, like, we're even it's now. Be great. But they'll never, they'll never be, be even. even. They'll never be even. They'll never be even. Never. And that plus the Zara necklace. So good. Plus the diamond cross. Oh, I just love it. And you know what? Here's my favorite thing about it. They have made Garcelle weep twice now, to my knowledge. Maybe three times. Like bullied her into. Yes. Yeah. She can take whatever hits she wants to take. Like they are ruthless with her. They are like orcas playing. Why isn't with a she seal. allowed to respond? Why can't she throw a jab back? And it's a good one. It's it's a KO when she does it. It's great. It really is. Yeah. And I just don't, I mean, I know I got into this. I got into a tangent on the last AG, but it's like I I really all not that this is like uh shocking to anybody, but I really just feel that Garcelle has not received her flowers. And to watch her yeah. sort of triumph, not sort of, but absolutely triumph in this episode, mm-hmm. it just goes to show you that, you know, what one person can do in a sentence and another person requires a mile. It's just Yeah. She is just it's not that she it's effortless because it requires effort. She's just so fucking good at this and she's so goddamn likable. Yeah, she is. Because I believe essentially everything that she says. Oh, I'm a total sure. believer. I'm a total I, believer. I don't think she has a reason to be SS. I mean, she, she doesn't like the show. She's one of those ones where the show needs her. She doesn't need the show kind of a situation. Like right. she's great. She's benefited she's from the show, but she actress. doesn't need the show. She had a she's, thriving career before yes. she will you know, when she decides to leave, because it'll be up to her. Correct. And I, yeah, she's put up with a lot of stuff beyond, beyond what, what should anybody should ever have to deal with for being on a freaking reality show. Last year was, was not okay on so many levels. hundred percent. Like I, uh, yeah. It was unacceptable. And it's also this thing of like, 
Oh God, so much of this episode is focused on Kyle, but how can it not be that that's the entirety of um, a lot of the focus and is sort of representative of a lot of the tension. Look, but she like, wanted to be the queen bee. Heavy lies the crown. Apparently very heavy. Right. And she's saying that Garcelle and Sutton are being disrespectful. And I guess certainly in Sutton's position, according to Kyle, disingenuous by asking these questions because you're trying to punish me mm-hmm. and you're asking these questions and it's nobody's business. And the thing that I really find interesting from about that is like it quite literally is nobody's business because nobody knows what's going on. I I am surprised that Dorit doesn't seem to be communicating more not about what's going on in your marriage, but also like, why am I not a part of these conversations? Why am I not in the circle that I thought I was in until the last year? Mm. We're not getting that. I don't know if it's because Dorit isn't thinking that. I don't know if it's because she's afraid to say it. I don't know if that's because she doesn't want it to become a conflict between her and Kyle. But it is interesting. Or is it because Kyle's close friends and part of their little fox force they're they're already up to speed they know well i mean teddy joe 100 percent knows oh for sure but i don't think anybody knew at the point of filming erica's not going to ask any questions no they're none of them are going to but i would think that dorit would know more about what is going on in kyle's marriage than what she is reading online and that's surprising I don't know, because Dorit got herself into a situation where they became couples friends. And that's a Mm, different vibe. That is a because then you become someone that is around when I'm with my husband. Yeah. And so if I vary from that, maybe I'm not going to tell the person who enjoys the couples situation. Maybe this is naive of me, but like and obviously this is very different to different friendships and different um, relationships between couples. But like, don't you think that Kyle could potentially feel um, comfortable communicating something with Dorit and saying like, don't tell PK because I don't want Mo to know? No, because I, again, like I've been married for a long time and I have friends who are married. Most married people tell their spouse anything, even if you swear into secrecy. Like it's rare to have a friend that you know for sure does not tell their spouse. I'm one of those. So how do you put up those walls? And this is not about don't tell the person. You can test other relationships, but just like this one is not working out. What do you mean? Like friendship wise? Like not necessarily Kyle talking to Dorit about her friendship with Morgan, but to say that like Kyle is going through something with Mauricio. And it is odd to me Mm -hmm. that Dorit is not being let in. But to me, I'm saying it's not odd. I know. I I just don't under. I just like you just compartmentalize. It's like that's my friend for when we're all hanging out as couples. But if I'm if I'm if I'm deviating from that, then they don't need to know about it. Because I'm sure I would assume that Faye definitely knows. Because Faye and Kyle are like they seem like they're very close. But again, you know, appearances can be deceiving. So true. Teddy Joe definitely knows. I mean, we assume. Yeah. And I'm talking not knowing now. I'm talking knowing several months ago when Probably. this stuff was filming. Probably. I would hope that Kyle has people to take into confidence who have known her for longer than Morgan does. Yeah, I mean, but that's the thing with someone like Kyle, which the wonderful thing about her is she seems to have a lot of friends. Good, close girlfriends. She's a girl's girl. Right? We love, we stand, we support. Okay, don't give me those eyes. She's a she's a girl's girl in her circle of friends, which is which is big and and joyful. (laughs) Okay. So yeah, she could be. She could be. It's hard because we've seen... Kyle throws a dinner party. She throws a white party. 
Okay. She's she's living her best life. Sure. Let me have something catered and then just okay. call myself a girl's girl. But um, no. <laughs> so, <laughs> excuse me, chef. Um, good. No, but Wonderful. She is. Check she's, that box. She, she seems to be someone who um, understands the importance of, of friendships. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. But what I'm saying, though, is that you don't know who actually is someone's best friend. True. You know, I, I it may not be any of the people that are also you know, reality stars could be someone that she's known from childhood that we don't know and whatever. So Mm. who knows if Teddy absolutely knows everything about her life. It's just interesting. It feels like the audience is pretty split between people who think um, something is obviously up with Kyle and they want to know more information and people who think that Sutton overstepped by asking and or had nefarious intentions. Really? Well, but that's the thing is people can make up their mind about Sutton. And if you have made up your mind that you mm-hmm. don't like her or anybody in the world, if you've made up your mind that that person has ill intent and you're committed to misunderstanding someone, then it, it's difficult to break through that on and, either side. And the same goes for Kyle, too. Yeah. That she has a certain history that some people disagree with and some people focus on that this is someone who potentially isn't necessarily in a position to say to another person, you're crossing a line. I mean, I can't stop thinking about the Brandy and Denise of it all. And Mm -hmm. Kyle has understood the scope of work for over a decade and yet it feels like her positioning in the media, let alone on the show, is like, these people are not being nice to me and they're not being friends in the way that I feel that I deserve. And it's just that is the inherent split of housewives because this is a friend circle, yeah. but also your duties as a cast member might conflict monstrously with the ways that you might look at yourself as a friend and and someone else. And sometimes it's like you have to keep one eye open to the reality of the situation and give someone maybe, let's say, 10% yeah. of like, you might be overstepping, but I know at least 10. You might be overstepping. I may hate you for this moment. But like, I understand that in this universe, there has to be a certain amount of tension and flexibility in the you saying to me things that I don't love because of what it is that we are here to do, which is like to speak openly about why we're not speaking openly and to also share, including to people that you may may or may not trust with that information. Yeah. Now, just bringing up Denise made me realize like that's kind of what I'm talking about when I say when I when I hesitate on. Oh, yeah. Kyle's a girl's girl because they destroyed Denise like what they they really just showed no mercy. So the irony now of and that was over, you know, Brandy saying that they had a consensual situation uh, that Denise denied and it's nobody's business, whatever happened. But, you know, like Kyle, that was not OK for Kyle. And she had no problem addressing it and bringing it up over and over and having it was in her house that they had that moment where Kim and Brandy stopped by. Oh, my God. So liked. Yeah. So, you know, anyway, just saying. Yeah, I, I, I don't know exactly where this is going to go. I feel like Kyle and Mauricio are in a place that would be very difficult to come back from. And not all relationships um, need to last 60 years. Absolutely. That's not there's the still going to be family. If there's still going to be yeah. right. And I feel like the thing that Kyle has gotten really, really emotional about, both at the BravoCon panel on Watch What Happens yeah. and other press, is when she has received messages from people saying, like, 
I don't genuinely saying I'm so disappointed. That's bullshit. I don't believe in love really and relationships. It and like, me really you mad. can tell that really, that really says has something affected about them her and not her. And it's she not her not responsibility. It's, it's not. not her responsibility to bear the work of other people's no. idea of love, let alone the reality of what that looks like in her life. She Correct. does not owe a continuation of a marriage to anyone, no. including, by oh, the way, I, I don't want to disappoint Betty right. and Dubuque, so I'm going to stay in my marriage. Right. Get and, the hell out of here. And I think also that like when it comes to what I owe someone in marriage, obviously there's it can be a trustful exercise. It can be the um, we're going through something now, but I believe that we will you know, come to the other side. Sometimes you don't. But at the end of the day, like Kyle doesn't owe it to Mauricio to stay married if she's not getting what she needs in this. And they have reached a point where yeah. she would be sacrificing too much of herself See, to make him feel yeah. comfortable. Now, here we go. Here we go. Because here's what I like to do. Here's what I enjoy spending my time on. Uh, reading deathbed thoughts from what? people. Have you ever done that? No. Oh, you should. I'm okay, good. So no, no. It's helpful in okay. life because it's people saying their regrets. All right. I mean, so I could do that who, right now. No, not but we're talking to. about like at the end. Oh, okay. When you're about to yeah. go. Oh, yeah. You've lived it's a long life. It's not about the shoes. Life. It's not about the cloppers. It's about yes, yeah, like, yeah, you know, yeah. and it's about the sons the and number yeah. one thing that people say is, I wish I had lived my life for me and not oh, for these expectations the that people had of me, mm. things they thought I should do. Oh, I should mm. do X, I should do Y, I should do whatever. And I, my life was mine. I, sh I could have done anything, and now, it's, and now it's done. And so I, that drives me crazy. If you ever seen the movie, uh, Walk the Line, Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah, of course, and, Okay, Reese. all right. Yeah. There's Oscar. a moment where June Carter, she's in, the, uh, she's in a grocery store or something, and a woman walks up mm -hmm. to her and she says hi to her. And she's like, I think it's terrible that you got divorced. And she's like, I'm sorry, I disappointed you, ma'am. And it's just, it's like the saddest look on her face mm -hmm. and the sad part of the movie because she's never going to be mean to someone. She's such a gracious person. And I'm sure she feels disappointed in herself as well. And like, but how dare this woman say that to her? Like, that's what she gets for mm -hmm. standing up for herself and, and ending a marriage that was not working for her. And I don't know. It's just that same kind of mentality. It's, you know, you don't owe it to anybody. You got to just do what you want to do. Because in 100 years, we're all going to be dust. Hmm. Nobody will remember any of us, mostly. And you just got to be happy. I think... Also, in addition to like the external expectations, so often those are internalized mm -hmm. of like, you know, these are the things that I feel like I'm supposed to do. So it's maybe someone quite literally, you know, coming to the decision of how I'm going to leave my life in service to our life together, you know, forsaking the life that I want to have for myself. And often it's just like, this is the thing, this is the expectation that I have placed on myself. This is not necessarily someone even behaving sure. in a manner. This is just the thing that- It could be self-sabotage. It, it could be in your mind. self-sabotage. I just think it's like, it's the thing that is internalized in many of us of, of of you could be related to love relationships work or whatever choices of careers whatever it is of this is the thing that i'm supposed to do sure. and like what does bravery look like bravery in one person's dynamic could be staying in this relationship and figuring out a way to make it work mm -hmm. bravery in another person's could be leaving bravery in another person's could be you know, putting up new boundaries, bravery in another person's could be trying to figure out what to do without them. I mean, it's, yeah. it's everybody's experience is so different. And I think the difficulty here is in trying to figure out how to express to Kyle, 
an interest and desire to find out what she is going through without making her feel like she should bear guilt or shame for decisions that she's making for herself, and also without putting the judgment back on those people who are ostensibly supposed to be her friends, who you would think would have a vested interest in wanting to know if she is okay. Yeah. And I and I think this is one of those things that like, maybe it's something about America and other countries are different, but we're just so weird and Puritan about about marriages still. I mean, if she if 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 it's not working out, it doesn't it's not a scandal. Right. It's why is that a scandal if it's not working out? If two people are getting divorced, that's but not they're, and they're not getting divorced. I know. But I'm just saying separated. in life yeah. in general, yeah, yeah, yeah. like we we treat it like this, this horrifying thing, like two people had a beautiful time together. A wonderful time. They were together for a long time. And if two people separate, then well, we're excited for whatever comes for them next. And I'm sure they still have love for each other. So I don't know. I think people really just and that's more of that pressure, that pressure of like, you're you're not going to hold hands in a in a in in the same bed when you're 90. And like, that's not going to be your ending. Like, no, maybe not. Maybe not. And it doesn't diminish what they had. Well, and also sometimes it's out of one of those people's control. I mean, look at the way that there was that huge fucking breakdown and argument between Dorinda and Sonia of the fact that divorce can, in fact, feel like a death, which is not to equalize it to what Dorinda quite literally experienced, but to say that there was a level of grief that Sonia had to bear alone when her husband decided he didn't want to be with her anymore. I mean... That that is a real thing, and betrayal is a real thing. Absolutely I mean, look at is. Garcelle's conversation with her son and yeah. finding out that he Googled yes. or found out when he was eight years old yeah. a thing that I remember reading on People.com because Garcelle sent an email to yeah. Mike's colleagues. I forget if he was at CAA or some WME or something, and just said, My husband is having an affair. She's she said that, I mean, that was an absolutely baller and moment. And my thing, but. by the way, what I'm talking about before when I was like, People are too crazy, but I'm talking about when two people mutually decide. Yeah. Like, I mean, hey, mutual when two, is really when people announce the it to the, the world. Sure. When people yeah. announce it to the world, like, Hey, this is not working out. Like, it just stinks that everybody then like freaks out and it's like, No. But don't you think some of that just comes from a place of, you know, just loss of feeling the loss? Sure. With them? Yeah, absolutely. Sure. But then some of it can also be, I liked it in my mind when I could, you know, I want you guys to stay together because that was nice. I enjoyed your relationship. Well, it's like it's over now. So this is the thing that I loved about the dinner party from hell is that part three is that like so many other moments of seemingly heightened or great drama, you can interpret it in any fucking way you want. Mm. And you might be right. You might be a little bit off. There's no real way to figure it out except to say that like I connect with this moment or this is my perception because the people you're talking about might also be completely unaware of what it is that's taken place. You know, like I remember this experience being such a way or I remember that I you know this person behaved in a way that was counter to what I thought a respectful friendship would look like and also this person was treating me in a way that I thought was really disrespectful it's like so much so much of this and the entirety of housewives is truly about our perception we're all watching the same show and one person is going to say no this is exactly what happened and another person's going to say no this is exactly what happened and it's like some of the specifics might get a little you know fakakta they might get a little 
all mixed up. But like, we're never really going to know one person's intention. We're barely going to know their execution because yeah. it's been so highly edited. Exactly. That's why I fucking... And also, there is something so beautiful about watching... I mean, it's like fucking Madeline. And it's just like you're watching the two rows of Beverly Hills Housewives at a long table. There's usually a lull. There's yeah. usually a quiet. Sometimes Erica doesn't wear, my, you know, waterproof mascara. There's going to be some kind of fucking drama that takes place. And it's the history of it was because of what happened you know, with Alison Dubois 100 years mm -hmm. ago, nobody knew know that they that. were walking. I mean, nobody knew that they were walking into that dynamic. Obviously, they knew that, you know, things weren't going great <laughs> with Camille. But like with this, obviously, there's probably, I would assume, tension when you realize that, you know, today's shoot is going to be a dinner party at somebody's house. And we know that things aren't going great right now. Mm -hmm. But there's also something that just fills me with so much bliss when I watch the, I mean, I have to, Beverly Hills just fucking killing it. Like, just the way that this episode went down, it's a to be continued. One of the few times that a to be continued makes sense of late. It just gave me a lot to kind of think about. I just really, and I, nobody's, nobody's the villain in this story no, for me. Nobody's, nobody's the villain. villain. Nobody's, a villain. nobody's a villain. And that's the thing is once you've become a seasoned Bravo watcher, Amen. a seasoned Real Housewife watcher, you, you morph into that. You realize like, I'm not going to get in in the fray here. Mm -hmm. I'm not losing friends over picking housewives. And that's right. what I always say. I'm like, don't don't lose friends putting yourself, painting yourself into a corner about a housewife because it ebbs and it flows. It's just it's the nature of it. Like it's just how it's going to be. Some people are going to have a good season. Some people are going to seem like a monster the next season. It's going to go. It's going to wane. But um, there was one part that I didn't understand. Tell me I only watched everything. it once. I've been everything. through a lot. I was on a gun. Okay. You've You're watched traveling. it a few times. I've watched, watched it a few times. Three times. Okay. When Denise uh -oh. is like, because she's almost slurring and she was like, and that's not what I was, and I wasn't yeah. talking about the other thing. That's what she said. She was like alluding to something. With the pot smoking? I don't know. When they were sort of at the cocktail reception portion of it, when they were talking about smoking pot and she had a, a gym from the office-esque turn to camera when she's like, I'm not going to tell you who I did that with. No, it was at the table, I think, where she's talking about Sutton and she's like, and I don't know you're talking about the other thing. Like she was trying to allude to something, but was she or did she just say it weird? It was this moment that it's turned into a couple of different memes now. And I'm like, I don't know what she was trying to do there. I think Denise, over the course of this specific dinner party from... Imbibed? How, what do you think she was drinking about? I think she's entered her non sequitur era. Yeah. I think that like... Maybe some of her responses to things aren't entirely going to make sense. I do assume, P.S., when she was talking about the pot stuff that she was talking about Charlie Sheen. I don't know who else she would be discussing, I no but I, I don't totally care And why is to... that scandalous? That was odd to me, it, too. I was well, like, I mean, Denise, I'm high whole... as a kite right now. Like, you're not going <laughs> to shock probably me with not this. The person. I, I don't think um, Denise was in a place to really... Um, weigh the reality behind some Got of it. the statements she was making of okay. how loaded they would be. Okay. Because I think Bravo watchers think if you're saying something like that, you're trying to tell me something. No. Whereas I think in Denise world, she might've just said something funky. Like I it came out weird. Based off of what Erica has said about Denise and Denise's behavior over the course of the season. And I don't know, Erica's been making well, some points. Yeah. Um, I I think that Denise and Denise's memory and Denise's pursuit of justice maybe and how she was treated yeah. is not um, 
it's not really it doesn't really translate terribly well, okay. I think, over the course of this season. And maybe we can get glim- – maybe this was just an off night for her or maybe she was just feeling kooky. I, I don't really know. Yeah. But um, I don't think that she is uh, effective maybe about getting what it is that she's looking for. Yeah, there was something different the from table Sutton, but with Erica of- where she was trying to do something and I'm like, I don't – I'm not following what you're trying to do. She just say it. And everybody was like, what? What example of when Erica – she was so sweet to me and then – and then she wasn't, and she was kept saying, like, when I first met you, you were so sweet to me, and then I think that's a happened. preview, which I have not seen. I don't think that was from this oh, really? episode. It's all a blur. Okay. I could be completely wrong, but I think that is a preview that I have okay. avoided watching. Anyway, it's been rough for me because when I'm, when I'm you know, on an edible, I'm just sort of like, I already mm. am operating on another plane of reality yeah. to where I'm seeing a lot of things mm. and I'm picking a lot of, picking up a lot of things I wouldn't mm. normally see. And so then Denise was really throwing me. I was like, what am I missing here? Who, who Timmy, who's he, he fell in the well? Like, what? what's the secret message? Just say it. Well, remember, Denise, at her last reunion, the COVID reunion, it wasn't the greatest performance. Remember, Denise, yeah. at the reunion? She got up and left. She did. And I just don't know, as she's sitting back down, how separate we are from maybe that that time okay and i really enjoy denise and i love her and we will we will treasure those shorts forever Mm -hmm. um and i just don't know how effective she's going to be just based off of what erica's i mean like take it or leave it you might just be like erica's talking out of her ass i don't think she is i just think i think like the glimpse that we saw tonight is Mm -hmm. that maybe i don't know i don't know how denise is going to do i think there's something that also happens maybe at the white party maybe Mm -hmm. it's like the finale where things kind of crumble i don't know i couldn't tell you okay and then another question too because i have not I, I stopped a while ago, like diving mm. the new cast members. So Anne Marie was supposed to be a housewife. Is that correct? Isn't she a housewife? Because I literally had this conversation but it's with episode the five or six. So I had this conversation with an upcoming guest who's actually friendly with Anne Marie, who I called both Anne and I called her both Anne Marie and Anna Marie because I'm just following the cast members and nobody seems to know what her first name is. Okay. But they said that she was a friend. And I got confused for a second because I thought she was a housewife. Yeah, I don't know anymore. Is she in the title at the beginning? I've lost the thread. I don't know. Because I haven't done a great job of like focusing on the taglines in a minute. Because I was going through a marathon of them. So I didn't, I usually do my, I take a picture mm. of the cast and I write something and I'm like, here we go, episode, whatever. But I didn't even do that this time because I was just rolling through Even it. when the taglines like come out, when they drop for us, it's like I remember and then I forget it immediately. Yeah, exactly. So I'm not, gonna, unless it's something incredibly, unless it's like literal canon. Yes. And that's very difficult so to get rare. at this point because we've just been through so many. Yeah. Um, listen, you focused on Beverly Hills this week and I'm so glad you did because yeah. I think it's an episode that deserved our focus. I am left with a lot of questions, I have to say, honestly, about the Kyle and Sutton dynamic. I really... I don't know. I have more questions than answers, which I think is a really good indicator of what it is that we're watching. I'm just trying to figure it out. I'm really in the process of like trying to figure it out. Yeah. There's some stuff that Kyle did that's like completely no bueno. There's some stuff that Sutton did that I'm like, there's a a better way around this. You know, everything that Garcelle did I thought was sublime. Great. Um, Erica's having solid season so far. My God. Yeah, she's doing better. There's a there's been a couple I mean, of things. What a low bar. There's been a couple. Yeah, yeah. last true. season was tough. Yeah, she stepped over the bar on the floor. But she seems like 
you know, she took a nap. She woke up. She's refreshed. Can we just say what it really is, though? Uh, are you going to say something that I'm going to have to edit out? Because we no. know I don't have the time for that. No. What? Rena's not there. Absolutely. Rena can feed into and and hype up your worst impulses. Yes, and will. when she tries to help you, even if it's genuinely to help you, she's not great at doing that. No. And also, I would say to a much lesser or different extent, Diana. We didn't know Diana for as long, but she had that mean girl. <clears throat> she had that mean girl energy. Yeah, and they were yeah. just like feeding off of each other. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't a great well, spot to laughing. be in. Remember the they were Aspen laughing trip, real bad. Were, like having real inside jokes and like the mean digs and stuff. It just felt very. It was it was triggering for anybody who was bullied in middle school, mm. including me, or as an adult, honestly. Yeah, at any point in life. <sighs> It, that's a really solid point. And I am like really, I, I'm just really surprised. Erica seems a lot lighter right now, just spiritually. She's just, and also the stuff with her mom I thought was really interesting and that dynamic. And even the, like Erica's in a much different stage of her life and life, speaking of lifestyle, my God, are we going to share a bed? Are you going to sleep on the whatever? Mm-hmm. We don't, we don't have a compound anymore. We don't have a mansion. You don't get a wing. Mm-hmm. I mean, she has to deal with being in a, house that's worth a couple million it's so tough to be her 25 thoughts and prayer it's a beautiful little it's a it's like a not no judgment I, this isn't me criticizing glam? it but it's almost like a casita have you ever had glam no it is a casita have you it's beautiful glam? have you ever had glam have you ever what do you mean? You, like do your full beat face and hair um like pre bravo con i did go to sephora and i had an official lesson that doesn't count go to sephora doesn't count anything no it's a scheduled appointment 75 no, minutes it i'm was talking three, about it was like over three hours hiring but. a professional at 1099 who comes out like this is what they do for a living and they glam you no I the answer is no i don't think so because that's never been my my thing has always been hair so it's like once you have that great blowout it sort of doesn't matter because you will probably have a glow gotcha because you're saying that Erica looks substantially different because no, she doesn't have the not million at all. dollar glam. No, no, she's still getting glam is my point. It's oh, like, yeah. Everybody but Dorit seemingly and Kyle doesn't care anymore. Although she had it before the dinner party for Mel, but like when it came to Vegas, everybody had glam except for, I think, Kyle and Dorit. Yeah. Am I wrong? Crystal had it. Garcelle had it. Did Sutton, Sutton had it. Sutton had her, had her people making sure the hotel room was okay. I mean, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I can barely keep up anymore, but it's just interesting to me. Who's got glam and, you know, who needs it and relies on it and things like that. Also, Dorit is in her not demure era, but it feels like the change in hair color is affecting her style in such a way. Everything. And maybe it's just like how she feels and how she wants to represent herself. But like, my God, everything is just very dark. And her her outfits at BravoCon, I was like... Dorit, where is the spice? You're in Vegas. Um, I'll have to go back and look. I don't remember. But everything is dark. I don't know. I mean, she just used to be head to toe labels. So I I'm sure these are also la- well, actually I don't I don't know that what labels know. these are. You know, it'd be a fun challenge. Just put them all in a TJ Maxx and be like, put something together. Yeah. Wouldn't that be fun to see? That would be real fun. For just saying. Yeah. Let's see. Let's see how that works out. <laughs> also, who knows what's going on with Dorit and PK? I think they're I think they're fine. I, I think they're fine. fine. I, I think, think they're, they're okay. Yeah. Yeah. We I think they're we okay. Know, but they're fine. Yeah. I think that they'll they're they're gonna figure it out. They're doing the whole thing. Oh, it's almost Christmas time. They're gonna have that Peter Pan thing in London. Yeah, she's Did going on that? tour for that one performance or whatever. Yeah. Um, shout out to anybody in London. So um, I know some people who are going. 
my followers. Some of them are like, I yeah. live in so-and-so and I'm going to go. Can't well, wait like, to see video. Know. London's not really my jam. I, you know, London, great spot. Great, 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 great restaurants. Who doesn't love a tea? Yeah. But, and phenomenal jazz. But it's not, and also had the best inadvertent date of my life in London. That's so nice. I went to a jazz club, started talking to a guy in line. He didn't have a seat that was as um, close to the stage as mine. This is a midnight or 1 a.m. show. Offered him a seat at my table. We started to talk. We talked in a in a respectful way, um, you know, like before jazz. He was from jazz. London? British guy. How'd you and, meet him? In line to go to jazz. Oh, we were literally, literally in line to go to jazz and he did not have a... So I was like, oh, do you want to sit with me? We sat down, we started talking. And then after he said, do you want to go for a walk? This is like... Oh my God, I would love that. I would oh, love to go for a walk. No, it was... And then I fucked it up as I normally do. It was a pure rom-com. We ended up walking the streets of London for Love seven it. hours. We walked until daylight. He gave me a private tour of London. He was like kind of bougie. And yeah. so he was like talking to me about, all we walked by the private clubs. There was like a private club with cars. We, at that point, Megan Harry stuff, talking about Megan Harry, like yeah. walked me through the entirety of London. I have screenshots of how many miles Do you I have a picture did. Of him? Can I see a picture? It's from, I can pull it up after. It's from okay. 20... 19. Um, <laughs> you still have Pedro Pascal on your phone. Amen. That's so Screen funny. Chamber. Love my life. Um, <laughs> it was not Pedro, but my, any day now, Pedro. Um, so we walked through and then at the end, I remember he like, this might be too much, but he was like, do you want to come back to my place? And I was taking a train back to Paris and I didn't know how trains work. So they I, go every hour on the hour, damn it. So that's what a friend of mine who I met up for drinks in Paris was like, he was like, why didn't you stay? And because I was like, well, the what is it? The Eurostar, whatever the fuck it is. I was like, I don't know that if I miss this, do I lose the money? Like, oh my God. so I didn't know what to do. So I was like, I'm, you know, gotta, gotta make this train. Got it. So bougie. Gotta go back to Paris because I always do a trip in the middle and then I, I begin and end with Paris because it's love of my life. And so then he walks me back to whatever fucking hotel I was at and he said, um, oh God, this is where I really fucked it. He was like, uh, do you, um, uh, you know, what's your, what's your information? Yeah. Oh no, wait, is that what happened? I did the, he's like, I'd like to give you my number. Yeah. And I was like, no, no, I'll give you my card. And so I gave him my card, not, not in a way that like, wasn't like we can't hang out again, but just because I really like my card. It's like very colorful, very pink. I'm like, it's, it's, it is um, Housewives Bravo coded. We talked about Housewives. We talked about event producing. What year was this? I think it was 2019. And so it was pre-COVID. He was planning a trip to... So I never got his information. So you have no idea who this man is. And the, You said no to identifying this information. The, this was the other problem. I fucked up in so many ways. The other issue was the fact that he told me his name in line or at inside the and famous jazz bar it. and I couldn't remember it. So then I came back. I remember this. I came back from London and I was like, AGs, I'm going to tell you a story about the most romantic. It was a true rom-com evening. And I was like, if anybody knows, I think his name is, oh God, I forget at this point, Ramen maybe. I forget. <laughs> I forget what it was. <laughs> what? There was like there was some sort of connection because then I remembered it was I don't remember, but he like worked for the government. Maybe he like did Brexit stuff, but like for the Treasury or something. And then I people were trying to send me LinkedIn. Did you try hypnosis? 
I didn't. And Aye. I just don't, I'm not great at remembering names. I'm terrible. So, and who would have known that I would have ended up spending the entirety of the night and it was too late and I gave him my card and he never heard from him. Dang, no, you got to, no, that's why you got to be like, oh, great. Yeah, no, what's your name? Also, what city were you born I'm in and what nightmare. time of day? Yes. You get all of it. I'm, I, I have a record of it. And it was the most, if someone says like, what's the most romantic date you've ever been on? It wasn't technically a date, but it was absolutely a romantic comedy. We walked the entire, I mean, like all from late at night for hours and hours and hours until the sun came up. That's hard. You know, you've ever seen the movie Before Sunrise, Before no, Sunset? No, and I haven't, but I love Ethan Hawke and I'm an ally to the Ethan Hawke movement okay. and I will. Well, it's essentially that, but okay. I know, I need to see it. It's before, what is it? There's two of them. There are three. Before I'm Sunset, there, Before third? Sunrise, something else. Third, I, I let it go recently. after the first one. Um. Well, I, you know, this is in fact in Andy's Girls recorded until sunrise. So I'm so <laughs> thankful to Bravo Bravo, Ducking Bravo. Did I even introduce you? Yeah, you did. No, that was just a long time ago. Okay, thank God. <laughs> because I started thinking about that at one point. I was like, did I say this was BBTV? I mean, I know it's on that episode, but like just in case. Does anyone know who I'm talking to? I mean, they should at this point if they're AGs. Um, BBTV, tell the folks where they can follow you on social, all that I and more. I am on the Instagrams. And the, your favorite color? Meta. Oh, that's such a good question. I'm loving lavender right now. <gasps> mm-hmm. Hello. My yeah. simple modern tumbler with my sodium supplement tray. Yeah. Um, it's giving I'm more on... lilac than lavender, but it I is. hear you. I but hear you. we'll allow it. Yeah. Uh, Instagram, TikTok, I'm obsessed. I'm more of a lurker on TikTok. We've talked about this. Mm-hmm. And um, I did a YouTube where I did a 90-minute dive into Girardi stuff. It took me a week to put it together. Oh, Jesus. And most of the feedback I got was, it's too long. <laughs> <laughs> I think deep dives are tough. Deep dives are tough. And how I was long, like, well, guess what? I won't be doing was? again. Um, no, uh, it was it was super long. It's very long. Well, that's that's a t- that's a commitment. But that's you know tough. what? Yeah, I got more of it in my brain, and that's why I'm trying to I'm trying to figure out how to do a podcast. I was about to say, well, so much faster. I mean, so much alert, faster. Spoiler alert. That's a well, to be continued. Well, I'm trying continued. to figure it out. I mean, people that you know me know. I've been trying. It's been two years. I've been trying yeah. to figure it out. You're figuring it out. You're reaching. You're you're at the finish line of figuring out. And I'm so excited I'm for when that moment happens. And it absolutely will because I have full confidence that it will. I'm full weep. confidence in you. I'll, I'll shut a tear. And it's great. And listen, I love when you come on AG, when you come over to the office, when I coerce you into recording. I just, I think you're so fucking talented and so smart and funny. Likewise. And you I should. still don't understand why those gummies that you recommended to me did not land well. How, well, how much did you get? We'll talk about it afterwards. Yeah, I think I had like a third of one that one time. And it, it didn't make me feel sleepy or zen. It just made me feel a little like upper. I don't want that i want i want even though i'm not technically like supposed to happen i just want like a teeny tiny little piece of one that's like just chill yeah we'll have to talk about what kind you had i got the exact kind that i told you to get yeah i'll show them to you they're in the kitchen i only had it that one time okay all right well we'll figure that out but speaking of figuring things out have you joined the andy's girls patreon number one way to support the pod exclusive bonus episodes including two that went up this week one a live dramatic reading of the entirety of that new york magazine piece on bethany frankel followed by a lot of my thoughts and feels on exactly what that piece meant to me um as well as some exciting fabulous satchels of gold sent by you the ags about beverly hills on that patreon episode and i also did a patreon episode with lewis peitzman that was one of my favorite patreon episodes ever to record and i've done a couple hundred it is um a very deep dive we got into some real fucking shit when it came to more of the bethany reality rocketing vanity fair but a lot of shit about below deck some stuff that i haven't shared before about reasons that i no longer watch below deck what 
as of a couple years ago, I've never given the full story. And we were in the middle of recording this episode. And I, you know, shout out to Louis Peitzman. I always love recording with him. And I was just like, this is because it's a safer space on P- on Patreon. It's yes, a smaller I community. Get it. I get it. It's a safe space. Name of the episode is Circle of Trust. And I was oh, yeah. just like, this is what's happening. This is why I don't watch it. And maybe it's stupid, but that is the choice that I made wow. in mine. Okay. So um, $2 a month gets you my love and affection. $5 a month gets you two bonus episodes. $10 a month gets you four bonus episodes. And there is a premium tier where you can record a Patreon episode with yours truly or have a private Zoom kiki. Happy to do either and um, excited about it. Great stocking stuff for a gift from Hanukkah, Harry and Santa Claus. And do don't you do love. cameos? I don't do cameos because I don't think anyone um would buy a single one. You never know. Um, maybe for like a dollar. I could do like a, a dollar cameo and um, maybe sell three. Also, I heard that they take like 90% or oh, something it. nuts. I, at that point, I'd rather give somebody a burner phone number and I'll just call you. Honestly, if you want a little video from me, just message me. Well, just and message I'll just send you. I don't know what, you know, it's what the Instagram stories are for. I get puppets out. You don't even know what I'll do. <laughs> Do you know I'm now po- I'm following a puppet account? They have they're so funny. Puppets. I love a puppet. I love my favorite vintage purveyor started posting about a puppet account and I followed this puppet <laughs> account and it's like I don't know I I don't have the funds available to adopt one of those puppets but man would do I want one they're so Fucking I like a fuzzy cute. puppet. Are you doing like a humanoid puppet? No, no, no. They're fuzzy. They're Good, animals. Fuzzy. It's gotta be fuzzy. And like the videos that they do, and I'm fucking. I'll post this on Instagram because I'm sorry, I don't remember the handle, but it's like they have a whole adoption process, <laughs> and like their videos are so funny, and they're talking, it's and it's like the person um, who's like helping them through their adoption when they get sent to their um, forever home, like hands them papers, and they take them, and it's like here's your certificate, and here's the thing, and then like oh, I'm in tissue. It's so cute. I love it so, so much. Cute. Like my favorite part of having like a small child was watching Sesame Street and they have this part oh. where there's these two little chefs okay mm. it's Cookie Monster and I can't remember the other guy's name mm-hmm. but they're in a food truck and one of them doesn't really speak like a language he's like and he's got the tiniest little hands and they show him like making pizza I would be crying laughing it's so cute and funny I love a puppet I love a puppet and shout out to um, not a puppet but an American institution someone who I look to for examples of PBS how to lead and live my best life Miss Piggy oh yes I mean really we need to give talk about give someone flowers Mm -hmm. I mean Miss Piggy has set set so many trends and so many examples of how to be um, just a lady warrior Mm -hmm. Miss Piggy is a girl's girl and and we appreciate that yeah all right guys on that note thanks so much for listening to this absolutely chaotic episode which i was so (laughs) record um we recorded for just 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 around an hour yeah i mean like maybe it was an hour 40 but like it also sarah what time is it we gotta go okay guys have a great one (laughs) god early morning we'll talk to you soon Bye bye